Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It truly was a dump. But it was our dump. It was our dump. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Yeah, we'll be ready for all of them. You know, that's the beauty in the cutups these days. They have a you know cut up of every guy who's stepped on the field and uh, what you know plays against him. He's done well. Plays that he's given up. So you know we're on all that stuff, and, and we'll be ready for anybody we see outside. I mean, when you're early on in the year, everybody's kind of figuring out who they are, their identity, who you want to be, what you want to do, and what do you do well. You know, uh, sometimes it, what you want to do isn't always what you do well. So for us, uh, we always went in the mindset of we want to run the ball successfully, as everybody knows. So. I guess kind of like uh, we grew throughout the season, and uh, I feel like we're we're a different team than we were week two, and uh, got to put it on display. Mackie and Judd with Rami score north. Oh, there it is. There it is. Football. Okay, that's it. A- can't play football because of the the football. Mike's up. Just pot everything as high as it can go. Everything as high as it can go. Yeah, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North and the Score North app. Uh, Rami is uh, out for the next three months on his Christmas vacation. So we invited Matthew Collar to the studio to hang around after Purple Daily. And we'll talk about Vikings and Purple and Vikings Packers. But the most important thing to start the show off with. Buffalo 31, Charlotte 9. Final in the first bowl of the I season. Know. The Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl one down and 70 bowl games to go. Not baby. only that, but the Fire first up. bowl victory in University of Buffalo history. Really? So, congrats to the Bulls. They didn't win last year, two years back when they were good, huh? No, and they never. Hold somebody on. asked me today. Wait, wait, is that to imply they're not good now? What are you talking about? Well, no, they were, but I I think they gave the Gophers a tough game. Was that last season or it was two last years ago? Year. They, they, came they were actually a better team they're last good. year, but the quarterback was good. The Charlotte 49ers didn't show up to play. No. Uh, but even when Khalil Mack, someone asked me, like, didn't they win a bowl? with Khalil Mack? No. The rest of the team was an atrocity. And and Khalil Mack just sacked everybody all the time, but he couldn't do it himself. Wow. So this is indeed their first bowl win. Congratulations to the Bulls. We, we have, by the way, seven tomorrow. Seven bowl games It's glorious. Tomorrow. This is a collar-friendly game day. The Celebration Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, the Cure Bowl, 
the Boca Raton Bowl, yes, the Camellia Bowl in my veins, the Las Vegas Bowl, which is uh, which is very conveniently at six thirty p.m. So then you can get to the New Orleans Bowl at eight o'clock. By the way, the Boca Raton Bowl can be heard right here on Score North at hey, two there o'clock we are. tomorrow. Here, we're going to start your beer list. AM fifteen hundred, Florida Atlantic versus SMU. <laughs> Off the death penalty and back playing football. Amazing. Uh, so, so this, and it's not a bit, right? I mean, you legitimately, Matthew Collar, you do immerse yourself in all of these, like Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, there's been like, there's like a, there, there's like a Red Box Bowl now too. They're just, they're not even, they're just having sponsors out of nowhere come in to name bowls. So you're in on all these, yes. Uh, yeah. The unfortunate thing is with Saturday NFL that the slate is so good. For tomorrow with the NFL, it's going to be really hard to watch some of these games. But, you know, I'll get in a little Elkhorn State versus North Carolina AT&T. Yes. A&T, I mean. Uh, Central Michigan versus San Diego State. North Carolina Comcast. That's what I'm going to be watching tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know anything about these teams. <laughs> the Texas Time Warner. <laughs> something like the the best part is that you don't know anything oh, about them. I right. had to ask Jonathan what Charlotte's team mascot was, and apparently it's the 49ers for whatever that means. He I knew know. right away, too, which was very disturbing. He produces my show. That's his job. He also, uh, in an effort to come from behind and win the Write That Down competition, has predicted every bowl game remaining in the 2019 calendar year. That's why he knew it was the 49ers, because I made those predictions. And by the way, I have one right now. Wow, look at you. One for one. One one out of how many? He's coming back. He's 30. like 40 points behind in the batting average race. But... I've got 30 hits coming up over the next mm. 10 days or I whatever hope you, it is. You know what? I hope you win. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm really hoping <laughs> I come back. It would be such a great beat for the rest okay, of us. Since Kyler's hanging out with us, I want to I run my take from yesterday's show by him and see what his thoughts are. Because if you go back, so my take yesterday was, yes, we can nitpick. There's a lot of things. The Vikings should have won a couple games on their schedule that they didn't. They didn't beat a backup quarterback in Kansas City. But when if they beat the Packers and if they beat the Bears in Week 17 and they finish 12-4, and four, and if they wind up with the sixth seed, it'll be the first time since the sixteen playoff bracket was implemented like thirty years ago that we will have a twelve and four or better six seed. Also, something like two out of every three years going back to the early nineteen eighties, if you finish twelve and four, you get one of the top two seeds in the NFC. And I think, yes, this team has imperfections. The defense has taken a step back. The secondary gets gashed. On a regular basis. But to finish 12 and 4 potentially, and there's still two tough games ahead, if they finish 12 and 4 and land a sixth seed, it will be one of the unluckiest regular seasons in literally the history of the NFL. I will agree like 80%. Okay. Because it is a travesty of the system that they have set up here that a team as bad as Philadelphia. Just an awful football team. They have no receivers left. Their coach has certainly fallen off. Their quarterback has played okay this year, but their defense is a complete mess. They're a bad team. And for them to be 8-8 and and objectively awful at football and hosting a playoff game is just not fair. And the way that we're trying to set up all of these sports, all the rules, is always what's fair, what's right, what makes sense. And I wouldn't even mind it if you got that playoff spot, but you just didn't get the home. Uh, and that's so much different for the Vikings if they play home or away. That's the unlucky part. Now, where I would say the other 20% is you had your chances. You didn't have to be that team. You could have beat Matt Moore in Kansas City. You could have beat Chase Daniel in Chicago. You absolutely could have beat Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau had you not flung an interception mm-hmm. into the end zone instead of just you know handing off to Delvin Cook or something. 
You knew what the bar was going to be because of so many tanking teams. It was going to be extremely, extremely high, and you had to play near perfect. And every time you faced a significant challenge, you pretty much came up short. And that's that's not on the system. That's on you. You could have done it. You were right there in all those games, and you didn't. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's my point was if you had, Matthew, four wins against winning teams, I'd say, you know what, you've been really unfortunate, but you don't. You, you've beaten two teams that, that are 500 right now in Philadelphia and Dallas, and the rest of the teams that you've beaten are losing teams. And so are you a good team? I think you are, personnel-wise. I think you're probably the best team in this division right now. But I don't know if you had if you had just beaten Green Bay, I'd say okay, but you didn't. You didn't. And so that's where I come back to. I don't think you're unlucky, but you're right. The system does stink. The system's I don't understand people that that say, "Well, once every 10 years a really bad, awful team is going to make the playoffs and that's just too bad." You can fix it. It's so easy to fix. You know, in some ways, like, it's kind of funny sometimes when, when, when the Seahawks beat New Orleans it was 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was. It's 10 years ago. It's kind yeah. of funny. It's kind of funny until it happens to your team. That's you, what like, I was you're, say. you're a Vikings fan and you're like, oh, that was funny 10 years ago, but wait a second. Wait, what? We're going to be a six seed? And if, you work, and if you work all year, right? If you're the Vikings, and I'm not saying that you're perfect because you're not, but if you've worked all year to get here and you're looking at not just sort of a struggling team, and Philadelphia has. Kyler's right. No business. They are injured. They, I don't think, are engaged. There's nothing about them where I'm like, well, yeah, but if only this... No, they just stink. And so, yeah, it's not funny if you've worked your butt off, and now you look at a team like that, and you might have to travel there. Which, by the way, I would take the trip. That's not a problem. But nonetheless, that's not how this should work. Yep, and it seems to be so easily fixable with a bunch of different ideas that have been brought up. I've heard four to six different strategies that would work better. I mean, one would be you get in the playoffs, but you don't get the home. Okay, the other would be let's just take one through six. Go the first two seeds that are the best records, you get it, and then on from there, and that's how we seed this thing. And guess what? If you won the NFC East but you didn't have a better record than another team or whatever tiebreakers you want to use, then sorry, put up an NFC East banner in your stadium, but you should have won more. I love this. <laughs> We've got a banner, but we didn't go to the playoffs. We didn't go to the playoffs, yeah, but we went 9-7, and seven and we won the <laughs> NFC East. Congratulations. Jason Garrett gets to keep his job. Amazing. Uh, but I like that a lot better. I have also thought of going 1-12 through 12 and, and just throwing out NFC, AFC, and taking the top four teams, and they get their mm. buys, and then going with the rest, because that would create some really fascinating matchups that we never see. And what went through my mind was, how many Brady Manning Super Bowls would we have oh had? Oh my gosh. By the way, if, okay, let's let's play that out for a second. So 1 through 12, this would be the order of the seeding right now, 1 through 12, if you went with this idea. Ravens would be the one seed, they're 12 and 2 right now. Then you'd have... And I don't know if these are sorted by tiebreakers because you have you have five teams that are eleven and three, but it would be Seattle, Patriots, Packers. Uh, so those would be your your buys essentially, right? Because you'd still have the same format. Four teams would get a buy, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, I, I like that. I, I like rewarding being really great. And so those four teams: Ravens, Seahawks, Patriots, Packers would get buys, and then or something like that. It's, it's possible it might be Saints or Forty ers but Saints, Niners, Chiefs, Bills. Uh, that's eight, and then Vikings, Texans, 
I believe Steelers Rams with the Titans as the 13th team knocking on the door. Uh, so you would say goodbye to Cowboys. You would say goodbye to Eagles in that mix. And I like it already. I was going to say, and that's what we're looking for. And really, like, if you just go down, I mean, the Rams have had a rough season, but they've been playing a lot better lately. Who would you rather see deservingly in the playoffs? The Rams or the Eagles? The Rams or the Cowboys? It's a no-brainer to me. The Rams are better, and the Rams are more entertaining, too, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, what happened last week, notwithstanding, the Rams have just had the better record. And that is the best way to go by uh, my standard, is just who is the better record, who's the better team. And even if it's AFC or NFC, I've never liked that an AFC team could be, let's say Pittsburgh makes it at eight and eight or something like that, or Pittsburgh makes it nine and seven. Well, they're starting a third string quarterback. They're not that good. If someone else in the NFC is better than them, they should be in that tournament. Yeah. I, I never liked separating it from, well, you're in the AFC. The so conferences, you, you, you know, could have all these bad, mediocre teams, and then the NFC could be a powerhouse, but yet. You get eliminated in the first round. You go, wait, wait, teams won playoff games over there who were garbage, but we lost them because we had to play someone great in the first round. And now you could pull back and say, hey, these are the rules. Go win by them. I don't want to hear any whining. And I'll subscribe to that. If the Vikings play in the first round at Lambeau and they get blown out at Lambeau, then you don't have any excuses. You have nothing to cry about. You had your chance. But if we're trying to do this in the fairest way possible, I love the 1 through 12 or at least separating it into let's just take the best records and make sure those guys are in the playoffs. Are there divisions then? I think you can keep How are you doing this? I like divisions because I like rivalries. I wouldn't want yeah, to take the, thing. the Packers and sure. Vikings and take away from that rivalry I'm in any that. way. So let's still have you play two games per year against your teams in your region mm-hmm. uh, and keep those regional rivalries. It's just at the end of the year. We just go by who. who the I best wouldn't teams have a problem are. with this at all. I'm kind of in the middle. Like where I stand is four teams in a division. To have eight divisions in a 32 team league, it just presents too many opportunities. Like how many? How many? You're going to have seasons where f- that group of four teams is just mediocre. It's just going to happen all the time. So I'm kind of in the middle where I want to preserve the value of divisions because if if the Vikings are going to play the Packers twice and the Bears twice, I want that to mean something for a championship of some kind, like a division championship. So I, w- I would almost consider going back to the old format of three divisions so that you at least have five or six teams in each division, and therefore you're, you're less likely to have a 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight clunker because there's five teams. How in love with conferences are we? I think like how, how much of do we see the sanctity of the, of, of the conferences yeah, themselves? I, I do. I do because of the history. I'm torn on this one. Because the AFL comes yeah. in, you have But you, know, you moved Joe teams, Davis but you moved... Stuff. Long-standing, you know, yeah, the Colts, Seattle, yep. NFL powerhouse, and now we're we're going to restructure it and put you in the AFC. So you played with that. I don't know. You know, baseball got got past that. Baseball, and that was that was um, um, you know the biggest deal there could be. American National League, right? And they finally said, ah. So I don't know. Well, I I think it has value to me for just. What, so it like where mean, you're going. what it means to go back in the day when you have you know that big I'm back in your idea here, game game changing moment yeah so I'm uh, back in your idea I sort of like this so I, I like to keep it AFC NFC I think you need to keep the divisions for scheduling purposes otherwise how do you do scheduling Vic if Fangio told us the yeah teams, Vic, Vic Fangio is already the head of scheduling what do you mean <laughs> his name is Vic Fangio but, but, of course but, he knows but, football but scheduling part of this probably would have been when flying was more expensive yeah, and for sure things like that I mean, we just don't have those problems anymore and. And we're talking about putting a team in London. Yeah. Uh, oh, you used to take the train, Matthew. Yeah, I, 
I do like it from the historic and from the from the rivalry element. If you were going to tell me that there was a schedule you'd set up where you only played the Packers once, or maybe didn't play the Packers at all, then I I just I, I'm immediately rejected for sure. That, that just can't happen. You have to if you're the Vikings, you have to be playing the Packers and Bears, and if you're the Bills, you have to be playing Miami. You have to be playing New England. Those are the teams that you have built up these rivalries. Imagine if Baltimore didn't play Pittsburgh. Oh my gosh, like, that would be awful. For the league, or Philly didn't play Dallas. Like, these are the the things that that matter to um, pumping up the league and pumping up these matchups, where you spend a whole week, like we are, a week plus onto Monday, talking about building up one game. That's why the NFL is as popular as it is. Do you guys think, just speaking of like the current format and where the Vikings can go here, it is funny that. Uh, Good Morning Football earlier this week laid out the nine things that have to happen for them to get the one seed, including a tie in Week 17 between... Is it's it the, still on there uh, somewhere. The happen, Niners Hawks. and the CX. It could happen. Do you guys think... So you're you're essentially rooting for right now, if you want the Vikings to climb, you're rooting for the Niners to lose games, right? The Niners play the Rams, and they play at Seattle in Week 17. Uh, and their their losses have been close. Ravens, that was a three-point game. Uh, the Falcons game, the Falcons came from behind, but there's a fairly decent chance they could slip up in both of those games. So there's there's just a lot of things to be uh, started out in the next two weeks. And that's something that we were talking about on Purple Daily today with uh, Myra Metcalf is like, sort of decided that the Vikings are in the playoffs, but they're not. Like, should we still be nervous because they are the Vikings? And even at this time, Last year, they looked like they were in the playoffs. It was 85% chances by all the websites. Yeah. And, oh, we're, we're good. Just roll to the end here. Just beat Detroit. Take care of Chicago. Chicago won't be trying. And other things have to happen. And we then, were wrong about that, by the way. Uh, we were wrong about that. They definitely <laughs> I'd like to, tried. I'd like to correct that. Especially their defense. They A year tried after the fact, I'd like to correct that. We were wrong. And against the Vikings last year. On Saturday, it will be tense in that game if you're in Minnesota watching the Rams because there's such a massive difference based on that outcome. If the Rams lose that game at San Francisco, then kick your feet up. You're in the playoffs. If Dalvin Cook can rest all you want. If, right. If Dalvin Cook's not playing, which it doesn't look like he's going to, that's totally fine. If you want to work Adam Thielen in slowly to make sure he's at 100% himself when you get to the playoffs. Go ahead, do whatever. If you want to even cut back a little bit on that huge game plan or maybe not use some trick plays that you had mixed in there because you might face Green Bay again, you can. And for Vikings fans on Monday, okay, well, if they lose this one, this is not that huge of a deal. We're in the playoffs, okay. If the Rams win, then the heat gets turned up. Yes. Way up. Then if you lose, all of a sudden you're looking at Week 17 because the Rams play Arizona. They can easily beat Arizona in Week 17. Then you're looking at having to win. It's flashbacks. This, this can change fast. Yeah, that's and that by the way, that is the that's the Minnesota sports fan way that you should probably be bracing yourself just in the next 72 hours or so. Just just be bracing yourself. So what what is the formula though for the Vikings to not only um, win on Monday but get it? to where they can play at Philadelphia or Dallas. Because that's the other thing that I, you know, if we're, I'm sorry, guys, if we're talking about them going to the Superdome, I'm talking about, uh, well, if they win, it'd be nice, but I don't think so. If they're going to Philadelphia, sorry, I'm getting real confident about that. So that's the other thing, too. If you're looking for that path, because I think if you win one playoff game, I'm assuring nothing, but you're feeling like, oh, okay, you might get on a roll here. If you go to the Superdome, you're running headlong into a really tough opponent. So I believe 
and I'll work at this right now with the playoff machine, that either Seattle or San Francisco... Hold on, say that first part again. You're going to do what? Work at it, or let me look at the playoff machine. Football. There it is. Um, and you, you really just need Seattle to lose two games, it looks like, okay. to get into that five seed. It's not super easy because they're playing Arizona, but then right. home against San Francisco. So if they don't show up to play Arizona and they get surprised, then all of a sudden... The door does get opened I up do, for the Vikings to get the five seed. I do like Seattle's chances of losing two games more than I like any chance of the Packers going to Detroit in Week 17. That's not going to happen. Exactly. I just no, don't. I'm not even considering chance. that. No, I'm if, not if, even, Matt, if Matt Stafford was playing, then there might be a discussion there, but there's zero chance. Zero chance. The Here, most likely scenario is that you're either going to Green Bay or you're going to New Orleans. Yeah, and if Packers. you give me a pick, it's very, very easy. Yeah, I mean, you already beat the Packers. You should have. Once this season at Lambeau. <laughs> That's if, you, if, you, if you run the, same, run the same hand back and just tell your quarterback, don't freak out on first down and goal from the eight-yard line. It's, the game's a wrap. Here's a question. So Dalvin Cook, uh, injury report came out this afternoon. Alex Madison, Dalvin Cook haven't practiced all week. It looks like a Mike Boone game on, on Monday night. Um, is Dalvin Cook, if he sits the next two weeks, is he healthier, healthy? I mean, what what kind of an injury are you hearing when you're perusing around at the Vikings practice facility? I mean, have they given any indication that he can get healthier if he sits for two weeks? Well, they try not to. But uh, based on their actions here of sitting him presumably for two weeks, that tells you that they don't believe it's just, well, you know, can you handle the pain, but it will be totally fine. They feel like it could get worse. Otherwise, they would be playing him or that it could have some effect in him holding on to the ball or something like that. What's concerning is that Delvin said that it's two different injuries. It's a shoulder and it's a chest or clavicle. So it's not just one, it's multiple injuries that he's going to be recovering from. And don't be surprised if we hear Delvin Cook has had successful surgery if we get one of those uh, emails in May or something like that, or February, whenever it is. He's pretty darn beat up here, and I'm not sure he's going to be at 100% or anywhere close when they play in the playoffs. That's pretty concerning because if this offense does not have Delvin Cook really, wait for it, guys, really cooking, huh? Uh, Football. Well, that didn't deserve that. Wow. That wasn't football. Uh, That's just. You just gave him a football for that? Yeah, come on, Phil. Hold on. That's more buzzer. Yeah, hold on a second. There you go. Concerns me about Delvin Cook not being at 100% or not being in for even this Monday, if it's a game that matters to their playoff position, isn't as much Delvin and his running ability and, and whether he could still gain yards and things like that. It's how much it matters to the defense. Yeah. If the defense looks at Delvin Cook and says, that guy is not as dangerous as he was early in the year, and our concern is going to be stopping deep passes from Kirk Cousins. That's not what you want as the Vikings. Their whole offense is predicated on handing off to Delvin Cook, him getting more yards than he's supposed to, and then running play action on second and three. The Vikings have just been killing it when they can get second and short. That's a lot harder to do with Mike Boone on a consistent basis. That's certainly a lot harder with an injured Delvin Cook who's averaged about three and a half yards a carry over the past four or five weeks when when teams have been focusing on him, but he also isn't shredding tackles the same way that he was if that is not as dangerous, you can put a lot of focus on stopping Cousins. And if you're going to ask 
Cousins to go all the way through the playoffs on the road when all the defenses aren't as scared of Delvin because they know he's dinged up. That's a lot. Ooh, that's, that's a lot, lot to put yeah. on Kurt. That's a lot. All right. That play early third quarter Sunday against the Chargers, I got a question about because I've gone back and watched it. The play he got hurt on is an innocuous looking yeah. nothing play. Here's my here's my crazy theory about that play. Was he trying to fall in, in a way that he accidentally hurt himself Could on be. another shoulder? Because that play happens a thousand times, and ordinarily guys just go bang, they go down, and that's the play. I mean, it wasn't like the guy um, trucked him or something. You know, it wasn't like he grabbed his arm and slung his his shoulder around and it dislocated. Was he? working on his special falling and accidentally fell the wrong way and hurt another shoulder? Players do talk about this all the time, that it's not just you have one injury and that's it, that it all has a domino effect, that every injury affects another injury. And if you have, say, a knee injury, maybe you're trying to overcompensate by moving your leg more instead of bending your knee, but that's hurting your hip and and, and on and on and on. It's possible I know that when I told Alex Boone, who's my co-host sometimes on Purple Daily, about Delvin Cook trying to learn how to fall properly, he spit out his coffee. Like, that's just very difficult to do. There's guys trying to rip you down to the ground who are extremely athletic and strong and dangerous. And if you're trying to alter the way you play in any fashion, it's going to be a problem. That's why sitting out Delvin is the right move. Because if that's what he was trying to do and then hurt himself in another way, you just want to take the keys away from him. This guy is a warrior, and he'll play through anything. So you want to say, no, 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 not this week, not next week. However, if they lose and the Rams win, then Week 17, I'm betting Delvin Cook finds a way out there. Boy. Yeah, that, so that, there's just so many incentives to just beat Green Bay this upcoming Monday night. And uh, we'll be all over it here on Score North, the Score North app, scorenorth.com. And if you missed earlier this week with Matthew joining us here, if you missed Purple Daily earlier this week when Matthew had Frank Gore call in to surprise Alex Boone, go check that out. That was amazing. Uh, if you just want to hear like a grown man who weighs 300 pounds squeal on the radio in excitement, that's uh, that's what that's right. happened with Alex Boone. So, all right, go check out scorenorth.com. Go find Matthew's coverage and, and follow him on Twitter, too, at Matthew Collar. Goodbye, sir. Thanks, guys. Uh, when we come back here, Judd Zolgad, Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North and the Score North app, we have some great hot stove stuff to dive into. Oh, speculation. Because not only are the Twins in on Josh Donaldson, the Twins have made an offer to Josh Donaldson. And we'll give you the latest on that here from the TCL Studios, where we are uh, one game into bowl season, baby. We're watching all of the bowl games and all the Vikings games on our TCL 55-inch Roku TVs that are uh, some of the best in the world right now. In fact, TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand for a reason, because they've got the best picture quality. They also have the best sound quality when you talk about the TCL Alto soundbar you can pair with it. And they have the most streaming options. 5,000 plus streaming channels and 500,000 plus movies and TV show episodes. You name it, it's available. Uh, last night we were, uh, we tapped into the old Roku device built into the TCL TV to watch, uh, that Dirty John on Netflix. It's all the rage. Episode one was uh, was amazing, but we're we're constantly hunting for uh, anything and everything entertainment and sports on our TCL TV at home. And you can uh, maybe pick up a TCL TV for I don't know a loved one if you've been procrastinating on the gift selection. Any major local retailer in the Twin Cities or TCLUSA.com. Hot stove and reckless speculation next, and write that down in thirty minutes. 
Jonathan here with the Score North Download. The Score North Podcast Network consists of more than a dozen shows from Purple Daily and Raised by Wolves to the Scoop with Doogie and Royce Unchained. You can find a full list of these Minnesota sports podcasts over at scorenorth.com in the Score North mobile app or just search Score North, S-K-O-R North, anywhere you find your podcast, Vikings Injury Report, Released today, nothing changed from yesterday, so that means Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook both did not practice for the second day in a row. Meanwhile, Xavier Rhodes, Linval Joseph, Shamar Stephan, and Jaron Curse all listed as full participants as we head into the weekend, a weekend before a key Vikings-Packers game as we wind down this 2019 NFL season. That's been your Score North Download. Now back to Mackie and Jodeth Rami. Reckless Speculation. Reckless Speculation. Ooh, boy. Oh, man, we were doing that today. Noon to 2, Score North Live. We were doing some serious, reckless work. I mean, the work work that you guys did today... God's work is what it was. ...belongs... uh, It it definitely deserves a Marconi nomination. The work you guys did during Score North Live today. We took others' speculation, which was mildly... Reckless to downright flat out reporting. Yeah. We took it and twisted it and turned it into a pretzel. It was glorious. I'm going to read something here from The Athletic, from Ken Rosenthal. And this was validated, not that it needs it, because Ken Rosenthal is as plugged in as it gets. This was validated by John Heyman from MLB Network. Don't count the twins out of the Josh Donaldson sweepstakes just yet. Donaldson, and before I finish this, and you can attest to this because you've you were a beat writer for more than 10 years, and you immersed yourself in this. And I think it's even more applicable on a national scale, where these these national guys get so much inside information, and then they only report certain percentages of it, right? Yeah, and that's fair to say. They parcel it out, for sure. They don't just like get a little nugget and then run with it as if it's... They vet stuff... That, Ken Rosenthal would not be saying this if it if it was just like, oh, the Twins kind of floated an offer to Josh Donaldson. Correct. And don't forget, there was a report yesterday afternoon, I believe, that there was a mystery team, which we thought might be the Twins, and indeed then it was confirmed it was the Twins. I love mystery teams so much. If I was if I was a minor league franchise owner, yeah, you know what, I, I would I would rename my team name to mystery, mystery teams. team. Yeah, mystery team. Like Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. And mystery have a mystery van. van. Yes. Yes. So here's the report. Josh Donaldson, 34, has multiple four-year offers with both the Twins and the Nationals believed to be at that level. If the Twins sign Donaldson, they'll move Miguel Sano from third base to first base. (laughs) The Dodgers and Braves also remain in the mix for Donaldson, but both clubs might be reluctant to go four years. A $100 million guarantee for Donaldson appears possible, and the competition for him might even drive the price higher. So two things off this, okay? Mm -hmm. Thing number one. Allow me to just sit on my soapbox for a second here. I know this drives some people crazy, but there's a certain segment of Twins fans that thinks the Twins put out fake offers for PR purposes and that they always come in. It's always, oh, we put in an offer and it was just close, just, you know, not quite enough, right? They're just kind of in the mix, but not really. And fans hate that, right? Yes, a a fake, a fake offer. Right. Okay. So when I read this report and I see the Dodgers. And the Braves, the team that Donaldson played for last year, have said, price of poker is little too rich for our blood. The Dodgers, according to Ken Rosenthal, are saying, ooh, the price of poker, little, little bit too rich for our blood. And the Twins are the team that's on a four-year guaranteed level and a $100 million level here for Josh Donaldson. 
that matters to me. Even if they don't get Donaldson, this this tells me and it validates what we've been talking about on this show. This front office is not the old front office. These guys are putting legit big offers in front of free agents like Zach Wheeler. They put $100 million in front of him. They put $100 million in front of you, Darvish. And apparently they're putting almost or around $100 million in front of Josh Donaldson. Mm-hmm. And ultimately they have to land one of these guys for it to change the way people talk about the organization and for it to move the needle. So I, I will give you that. They have to they have to finalize a deal like this for it to really change. But this should tell you that these guys aren't messing around. They're not just, oh, time for us to float a report to Ken Rosenthal. Like They're outbidding potentially the Dodgers for Josh Donaldson. I just want to throw that out there. They might be getting played at times as, as oh, man, I got four, uh, four years from you and the Braves are going three and I want my guy to go back to the Braves and so I'm mm-hmm. going to use that four-year offer and float that out there. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Rosenthal and guys like that I don't think, and it's just a guess, get this from the Twins. Because if you're the Twins, I don't think it's in your best interest to always lose. If the perception is, hey, Ken, it's Thad, report this. We lost again, though. Again. Right? But, hey, we were close. Because you look dumb then. Yes. So I do think that teams like the Twins probably do get played at times by guys because they are, they do make legit offers that are then uh, the Braves come in and say, okay, well, four years, we'll do four years. Yeah. Uh, I think that happens much more so than the Twins being like, hey, here's what we're going to do. Because that would be tough to do. Um, can I give you, though, can I give you my suggestion of where this should go? And it is off the charts, completely reckless. Please do. Reckless speculation. I'm intrigued. Okay. Let's hear this. Okay. Because, you know, sometimes it's reckless on my part, but sometimes I just have great ideas that if, you know, you're Thad or Derek and you're driving around town, you're Christmas shopping right now, right, for the loved ones, Mm -hmm. and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm going to turn on a sports station. Where can I find sports talk? And you try one station. You're like, well, they're not talking sports, so I'll go to this station. (laughs) And so you land here and you're listening to Zolgad. And what Zolgad's going to tell you right now, I think, makes a ton of sense. You know, a couple of weeks back, I told I told you guys, I think the narrative towards the Vikings defense has become unfair because really the cornerbacks aren't playing well, but the rest of the defense is pretty good, right? Well, we've got into the narrative now of Miguel Sano. He's going to move from third to first because it does make some sense. Yeah. I, I'm the first one to go down that path. I think Miguel Sano long-term can't play third. He's got a cannon for an arm, but he's got fielding inefficiencies that even shifts can't correct. So now we've been on the first base. But the more I think about this, Look at the home run totals. Look at the season. And then if you employ him, if you are Falvey, mm-hmm. Levine, Rocco, I think you got to ask yourself, do you really trust him fully? And I think my answer personally is no. Power numbers are off the charts, but do I trust him long term? My answer is no. Also, think about this. The modern day game and how they think of, of first baseman, right? Mm-hmm. I think, and correct me if I'm totally wrong here, Phil, I think the modern-day thinking is, I can find them. They're, they're running backs. 100%. I can find them. Yep. It's it's one of the easiest positions to plug and play with. Okay. As evidenced by finding C.J. Crone for like $5 million. That's what I was thinking, too. And so continue to go down the path with me of, I think Rosario is being shopped fairly aggressively. But we all agree, corner outfield ain't going to get you killing. You're not, you're not going to clean up there. But he's a nice piece to a trade. But what if you went to the Rockies? John Gray, for instance, and you're talking to the Rockies, and you're like, okay, what I would be willing to do is I'd be willing to give you Rosario, Sano, who, by the way, would hit you 50 home runs probably there. Mm -hmm. It's Denver. And a prospect, maybe not a great one, but a decent prospect. 
I need John Gray back and something else. I think the more I think about this, the actual deal is if you get Donaldson, you're trading Sano. Reckless speculation. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. And it, it, just to zoom out here, if if they were to sign Josh Donaldson and trade for John Gray, A plus 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 offseason. And by the way, they just signed Tyler Clippard today, who's a really good right-handed oh. reliever and a strikeout guy. And just quickly, if they sign if they sign Josh, I do not think it's realistic to say they're now going to go out and break the bank on a starting pitcher. No, I mean I could still see them signing a Dallas Keuchel for fifteen or twenty but million dollars. But I'm saying dollars. like a reuse Ryu off the board. type or that type of pitcher, I think is now off the board. Yep. And actually, the fact that there's this many, I don't think it's a coincidence that Madison Bumgarner came off the board. And then teams probably turn their attention to Hyunjin Ryu. And then like a couple days later, boom, the Twins pop back up in the national reports on a four-year offer for Josh Donaldson. To me, that says they missed out on Mad Bum. They probably went back to Hyunjin Ryu and said, all right, well, what's your deal? You want you want to you come play in the uh, frozen tundra? And he probably said, I don't know. I got five other teams in warmer climates, and I quite frankly just would rather pitch in the National League and out west. And, then, and so that's, that's now... We're over here with this four-year Josh Donaldson thing. Um, I love the idea on your Miguel Sano thought. I love the idea of selling high on guys you don't plan to give contract extensions to. So Miguel Sano is coming off the best complete season of his career, right? He hit, he hit six more home runs than any other season. He, he, he had the highest OPS of any season in his five-year career so far. And um, he wound up playing a hundred plus games, which is a that's a win for Miguel Sano, right? He doesn't. Yeah, he's, he's a guy that's never played 120 games in a major league season. So th- this was the best we've seen Miguel Sano, even though it came in spurts and he disappears for a while. He's under team control for only two more years, so this is decision time. He's got he is still a valuable player in terms of his contract if you think that he's serviceable. And I think this would be the time to pull the trigger on a trade. Like I don't, I don't think if you've decided he's not a guy we're going to give a one hundred million dollar contract to or a whatever seventy five eighty million dollar contract to because he's not a third baseman, not going to pay a first baseman that much money. It just doesn't make enough sense. And well, what about the home runs? I mean, you can find home runs. They found Josh Willingham like six years ago for seven million dollars. If you want thirty five home runs, you can buy thirty five home runs. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. To find someone who can pick it at third base, which Josh Donaldson can, is priority number one for the infield right now. And if that means Miguel Sano becomes expendable, selling high on him for pitching or Rosario would be a great complimentary move. So I'm I'm kind of with you on this. You want reckless speculation? Oh, you know this ain't gonna happen. How about yeah. reckless trade speculation? Yeah, so here is Another interesting factoid. So we think of it's really easy to think of run production and 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 improving a ball club based on runs scored and power numbers and pitching only, right? It's pitching and it's home runs basically is how we sort of oversimplify it. But let me take you to a fielding middle ground here that I think we shouldn't overlook in the Josh Donaldson conversation. And I'm going to bring you to Fangraphs.com for this because they do a great job laying this stuff out for the, the the common fan like us, okay? So they have a metric called defensive runs saved where it's basically a plus minus for your position. Defensive runs saved is uh, 
zero is average, and if you're a plus defender, you're on the plus side. And sometimes there's guys like Byron Buxton's had seasons where he has saved 15, 20, 30 runs compared to average defensively. Okay, sure. Now, Miguel Sano, in just 105 games last year, not all of them at third base, but if you put him at third base for a full season, it'd be even worse. He was minus five, so he allowed five more runs defensively, and they protected him as a DH and a first baseman sometimes. He was a minus five last year. All right. Josh Donaldson was a plus 15. Mm-hmm. So let's let's take a full season of Josh Donaldson and say that it's like a plus 15 or a, let's leave it at plus 15 because he's getting older. He's 34 years old. Mm-hmm. And a full season of Miguel Sano at third base, let's say it's more like a minus seven or a minus eight. You're saving like 20 to 25 runs with the glove at third base alone. Forget about all the other things that a Josh Donaldson would bring you. A guy who won the MVP award like three years ago. And you're getting power. Yes. That power is not disappearing. Correct. Yes. The other thing about Sano that that I think is very important to keep in mind is this. There's no way I'm buying that Rocco and the boys in 2019 were thrilled with the fielding. They might have. They Rocco's going to defend his guys, and I get it, and I don't believe it for one second. Internally, publicly, he's going to tell us that guys are improving. Blah oh, blah yeah. blah. Okay, totally get that. Don't buy it. Um, Miguel Miguel Sano. I will if we go down the path of he's going to move from third to first. I will go down this path. When he was moved, as boneheaded and dumb as it turned out to be, when he was moved to right field in what two thousand fifteen. He was done. That was done in part because the, the Twins misguidedly thought that he would stay in shape, which he did not, or get himself into shape, which he did not. The other thing was, and the part of it that made some sense on paper was, he has a cannon for an arm. And so you thought to yourself, right field's really not that hard to play, or it shouldn't be, and with that arm, it's going to be great, and it was a disaster. Epic proportions. Okay. First base. I, I think among the things in sports that we take for granted of, oh, that's easy. Yeah. I think first base is up there. We always think, well, you just go catch the ball, right? I go back to Joe Maurer's first year there, where he didn't necessarily apply himself fully and was a disappointment. And he was not a bust, but he was not nearly what we thought. Now, he turned himself into a guy that, that certainly a couple years after that could have won a gold glove. But he was nowhere near that in his first full year at first base. And I ask you this question. If you call Miguel, if you sign Donaldson today and you call Miguel and say, hey, big guy, we're going to move you across the diamond, do you trust him to show up in Florida even close to being what he needs to be? And then I will ask you this question. Yeah. Who's your shortstop in 2020 that at least we think? Rice Lewis. Or, or, no, no, 2020. O- opening day of this coming season. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Jorge Polanco. Exactly. Sorry, I got you. I got you. Is Jorge Polanco a polished shortstop who makes throws really well? Absolutely not. Right. What I'm saying is there's no way that the Twins, with the defensive issues that they had in 2019, should privately invite those problems back. And Miguel, if you move Miguel Sano to first base, yes, it's not as bad as third base because I don't think he falls down as much. But as far as picking throws, as far as making plays at first base, you're going to cost your pitchers. And I'm sorry, but the one thing I don't buy is that starting pitchers went into Rocco's office in 2019, Phil, and said, you know what's great? I love our fielding. I guarantee you privately they said, what What are we doing out there? Yeah. Like, it, I need help. Yeah, and it's how, it's also how you shave a half run off someone's ERA, right? I mean, th- think yes. about some of those great defensive twins teams from the early Ron Gardenhire eras. And, like, J- like, Joe Mays was up for a Cy Young Award one year, okay? No, all due respect to Joe Mays, 
That's because he had Christian Guzman and Luis Rivas and Doug Mankiewicz. And, and Mankiewicz was phenomenal. And Corey Koski over here at third base. And so you can shave a half run off someone's ERA by just having a better dude at third base. And and and, and to your point um, about Miguel Sano, I would disagree a little. In the, I'm not like... I'm not super worried about him at first base. I think he now is there going to be an adjustment period if this is the move and he moves to first base? Yes. Do I necessarily trust him? No. But <laughs> if it affords me the opportunity to oh. put this lineup out, I'm gonna I'm gonna run this by you. This is from um, this is from a baseball prospectus writer named Matthew Trueblood who lives in Minnesota, and uh, he was just sort of speculating on earlier today on Twitter. If the Twins were to sign Josh Donaldson, this is what a potential lineup could look like. Max Kepler leading off, playing right field. Josh Donaldson batting second, playing third base. Jorge Polanco, who was in the MVP conversation the first four months of the season last year. Shortstop batting third. Nelson Cruz, your DH. Luis Arise batting fifth, just to sort of have another leadoff hitter in the middle of your order. Miguel Sano, Mitch Garver batting seventh. Eddie Rosario batting eighth. Eddie Rosario, who drove in 100 runs last year, would be your eight hitter in this equation. Yep. Or you move him up and you put Luis Arise down in the eighth spot. And then Byron Buxton batting ninth. That's for, ridiculous. For games. Right, for 150 at-bats or whatever. But <laughs> but this this would yes. be the greatest lineup in Twins history on paper it, if, this, if this happened. It would be, but I would much prefer to go out and, and subtract from that just a little bit by getting my pitcher. Sure. Six five one six four six eight two five five. The reports are, if you're just joining us here, the Twins have made a four-year offer to Josh Donaldson when teams like the Dodgers have, to this point, balked at anything more than three. And it's believed that the Nationals are also in on the four-year offer uh, level. And the Braves, Josh Donaldson's team last year, are sitting at three. So the Twins are in the mix right now, according to Ken Rosenthal. Paul, you're on with Mackie and Judd with Rami, but no Rami today. Merry Christmas, boys. You too, Paul. You too. I don't know what this means, but Jonathan recognized my voice without me giving my name. What does that mean? Uh, I think it means you're in the club, man. I think it means you're in the club, the MJR club. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I have a question about your trade scenario. I, you know, Josh Donaldson's a fabulous player, but we got youth with Sano. Do you really want to get older by trading Sano? I know you need pitching. I get that. Um but, you know, it basically assigned Dallas, and now you have Trey Bay with Sano. We get a lot older by doing that. You want to, You okay with doing that? Uh, I am, and I have three words to rebut what you just said. All right? Well, it wasn't a rebut. It was a question. Kirilov, Larnick, Lewis. That's how you get younger again in the okay. future. Or Rooker. Add Rooker to the law firm. You know what? Too. You know what, Paul? If I thought that I was going to keep Sano long term and, and for sure trusted him enough to sign him to a second contract, I would say I wouldn't trade him. But I'm not going to. I, I don't because you don't you don't trust. You think last year was an aberration? I think last year. I think the home runs will continue. But do I think he's going to constantly apply himself? Absolutely not. No, I don't trust him. Well, you, you hire Nelson Cruz as your bench coach, and that takes care of that. I here's the problem. That's a really that's a great point, and I love it. And but there's a 2019 problem. In 1968, Nelson Cruz would have coached for you forever and cashed the paychecks and traveled around and ate well. He's going to be so rich. I guarantee you, the second he's done, he's going to go home and say, "See you later." 
Guys yeah, don't so. stick. Guys don't have to stick around now. No, I get it. And, and Phil's point about the you know, I, I, I'm not a minor league expert here. Uh, Phil's point about these guys coming up. Uh, I just wish we would see these guys come up. Every time last year we heard about somebody coming up, we were waiting for the people that Phil just mentioned. And we see all other guys were like, well, where'd this joker come from? And then we send them back down. And like, well, where's Kirloff? Where's all these other guys? we got to get these guys up and, and take a look at them, don't we? Uh, uh, I'll answer that in a second. Paul, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for being a regular caller on this show for a number of years. And uh, we'll talk again soon, all right? You too. All right, that's uh, regular Paul there. So, yeah, actually, last year, the only thing that I would have wished on behalf of the Twins is just having some, like, Gratterall coming up earlier and being better, and he had some injury issues early in the season. But that lineup wasn't... First of all, Kirilov and Lewis not, had some injury ready. issues. And and they're not, they weren't ready. No, and Lewis actually kind of struggled. And, yeah. then he, and then he went to the Fall League and won the Fall League MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Playing center field, yeah. Yep, so these, these guys, I'm not saying all of them are going to become all-stars, but I think out of the Lewis, Larnick, Kirilov bunch, and Rooker, you're going to get two really good players minimum out of that. So I, that's why I would be less concerned about swapping a 26-year-old Miguel Sano for a 34-year-old Josh Donaldson, which let's stay on that for a second. Sure. Josh Donaldson is 34 years old, and the offer, according to Ken Rosenthal, is a four-year offer. Mm-hmm. So you're, most players who get to the age of 33, 34 are on the downside, and and now you're only paying for decline. But I think you watch Josh Donaldson, and that guy is such a machine, and he's just such a physical freak. And you watch the work ethic and how he hones his craft. And he was one of the first guys to come out four or five years ago and talk publicly on MLB Network about launch angle and how he studies hitting. So he he really is one of those. He doesn't just show up and take a few cuts in the cage and go in and let pure talent take over like Miguel Sano has for the majority of his career. This is a guy who studies and works at it. I think Nelson Cruz is the same way, too. Nelson Cruz is, is a guy. You don't hit that many home runs when you're 39 years old, and you don't look like that by just flipping on the lights and coming in, right? Those guys study, and they work, and they right. take care of themselves. Right. Uh, so I think I think there's less risk offensively with Josh Donaldson over the next four years than you would think with a player that age. At some point over those four years, he's probably not your starting third baseman if they wind up bringing him on board, but that's okay. Cool. Then in two years, he moves to first base or DH and he hits 35 home runs at a different position. Yeah. But if in the next two years when you could win a world series, if that guy is your starting third baseman and he's one of the top five or six defensive dudes in the league. And now Jorge Polanco can shade a little bit closer to second base and make those throws easier, right? Like everything gets easier or play second. Here's my, here's my question about this entire thing too, is are we going to be worried about age or opportunity? Because at some point in time here, I saw a team in 2019 that certainly had problems that needed to be fixed. But it also had a lot of good things. All right? And my problem with with what we've seen from the Twins so far, or actually what we have not seen, is much more so about not pouncing on the opportunity that's available right now. So if if you're always saying, well... Our window's going to be open for six years, and we're going to be fine. To me, no, no, that's not true. You don't know that. Mm-hmm. So if you assign a 34-year-old Donaldson to a contract right now, and you know, let's play this game and say he gives you three good years, and 38, he just drops off. But you've won. You don't care. The, the other thing, too, and, and we've talked about this a lot, is we are talking about, yes, if the player declines on a big contract, suddenly it does hurt, but there's no salary cap here. There's nothing. It's not the Vikings where you are in trouble now because you've got this guy. 
So I think we need to, what I would like to see is for the Twins to take what they did in 2019 and immediately capitalize, too. You know, so if we're talking about, but what about 2021, 2022? You don't know. Yeah, this, you're not positive. This is the time. This this is as open as a window and, will ever get for this franchise. And just quickly, this also goes back to my to my Twin Cities sports opportunity right now. Somebody got to pounce here. Yeah, the Wild's not that good. The Wolves stink. The Vikings are the Vikings. But somebody's got an opportunity to completely pounce here, and if not provide a championship. Provide a run. People tweeting into the show here, which you always can tweet into the show. We love hearing from you guys. At Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting, at Score North. And uh, Doomsday Man says, surprisingly, I agree with Judd Zolgad. you got to trade Sano. Been on that bandwagon with Judd since last year. Uh, Eric says, Phil, boy, you sure love getting on Twins fans. Just an FYI, they are your market and they pay your salary. Um, I would say this, Eric. I'm not getting. I'm not getting on all Twins fans. I'm getting on the Twins fans that are just incessantly negative after a 100 loss se- or 100 win season, and the fans who think that there's just like this fake PR push to make it look like they're going after free agents. I'm telling you, even though they're not, they haven't landed the pitching yet. Like this front office is different. But and you've I just criticized think- them before too. We we all said at the deadline when they didn't do a thing except for Sam Dyson, we all said, including you, that's disappointing. Yeah. It's not like we defended them. For sure. Uh, let's go to Wesley in Bloomington. You're on the show, Wesley. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Uh, this is a little bit out of topic, but I just wanted to talk to you about how I think that our two most valuable assets right now are Byron Buxton and Royce Lewis. And if you have faith in Polanco going forward, I think we should, the twins should jump and maybe trading one of them. Um, you know, maybe Lewis could end up being a center fielder and for some starting pitching. And just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Thanks. Thanks, Wesley. So I would not trade Royce Lewis right now unless I knew I was getting a multi year stud pitcher of some kind. Um, that it, I just feel like you'd be selling a little bit low there. On Byron Buxton, <laughs> I just don't know who's going to give you. Everyone has watched his injury history, so I don't know. I don't know if there's enough value there either. Like I almost think you're better off bringing him into the regular season and hoping that he just plays 120 games. Right? I don't know how, how you can trade him right now. You're that, not going to get Syndergaard for him anymore. That one has become so difficult now because I don't know what to do with him. If he's healthy and playing well, I love the kid. Yeah, he's unbelievable, especially in the outfield. But we're to the point now where the Twins and every team and every fan has to question this. Mm-hmm. He can't stay healthy. He can't. And how many times have we... When the team goes out of their way to position him differently as to not crash into fences, and then he does and gets hurt again against the Marlins, at this point, what do you do? Yeah, it might... I mean, that might just show you that there's certain things you can teach a guy and change a guy, but there's certain well, things and you is can't. And he, is he just flat-out brittle, too? Yeah, or some people, I you know, it's just it's if this was a if this was a year the first time and you said, boy, that was frustrating. But this is just multiple years of this now. Yeah, but at this point, I just is is anyone really no. dying to give up no, a you're stud not pitcher no. for Byron Buxton's injury history? Not now, probably not. So I I would probably just let it ride. But uh, Josh Donaldson four year offer on the table according to Ken Rosenthal by the Twins. We'll see what happens this weekend, and we'll come back here with the second to last write that down session. Actually, the last, the last one, yeah. Read that down session of the season that came up quick. 
This is it, boys. This is the last chance to get predictions in for the 2019 right that season. Is that We're right? going to get Rami on the phone? Yep, he'll be on the phone. Okay. okay. Hopefully his reception. See, he's the type of dude that could have bad reception just to avoid having to make three predictions. Five bucks, he's got a cordless at home. The old cordless. You think he's got a home phone? <laughs> I bet Rami has a home phone. He strikes me as a home phone guy. Really? Cordless, man. He's pulling the thing up right now, <laughs> calling you. Neat, neat, neat. Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session when we come back here to Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Uh, and Luther Brookdale Toyota has been a partner of our show for a long, long time here. And we'd love to direct you to the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard for their biggest event of the year. It's called Toyotathon. And it's a huge opportunity for you to get into the Toyota that you want to save big money. I have been raving about my 2019 RAV4 XLE all year long. And it, now today it's like 40 degrees and sunny outside. So not as much of an issue, you know, in terms of trudging through ice and snowy conditions, but uh, it has kept me safe on a couple occasions where maybe I wasn't being the best driver, but the car senses how far another car is in front of me or gives me lane protection alerts, for instance, not to mention the technology on the inside of these new Toyotas too, uh, which uh, makes, makes your car into a smartphone basically with Apple CarPlay and the Entune system. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Also, Federated Mutual Insurance Company has uh, just been around since the early 1900s helping business owners, giving them peace of mind. You know, no big deal. Uh, Based in Owatonna, Minnesota. It is a big deal, though, because you pour your life and energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense. The last thing you want is to feel uneasy or like you're not protected. You need that frontline protection that Federated offers. Federated is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for your business. You get to tap into a century of experience in helping businesses, and you get a face-to-face relationship with a Federated representative that's going to be very attentive to the success of your business. In fact, at Federated, they believe their value is measured by the success of their clients. So simply put, when you win, they win. Federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of all the industries Federated protects and to find more information about your Federated representative. Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami's. Write that down next. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Gentlemen, we have come to the end of the 2019 Write That Down batting average season. This is maybe the most unique sports talk segment in the country because we actually keep track of our predictions and hold each other accountable with batting averages and slugging percentages. You don't just get to say something stupid, have it float out into the ether, and then hope that people forget. We don't forget on this show. Can we change that for uh, 2020? What do you mean? You have a chance to win back-to-back batting championships. I know, but I've said a lot of stupid things this year. You got, you're like the Tony Gwynn of write that down here. Well, Are you saying something about my weight? <laughs> Amazing. So, write this down. We're going to get Rami on the phone here. Rami has taken time out of his seven-week Christmas vacation to uh, to join us here on Write That Down. Gentlemen, how are we? We're doing all right. Are you in the, air- are you in the airport? I hear a lot of noise behind you. No, I'm walking past a uh, like a bus depot. <laughs> I'm out walking my dog by the bus. 
by the bus stop. Oh, I was going to ask you time girlfriend, for tough. My girlfriend, just, my girlfriend, literally just slipped and fell, oh. but I just picked her up off the ground right before I uh, got out of the air. Is she okay? Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> yeah, she's all right. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Write that down. Right. Write that down. High well, ankle sprain. Write this down. Imagine you down. You're getting a high ankle sprain. <laughs> all right so here so here here's what here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go through right. I'm, I'm gonna set up the batting averages going into this week's accountability session and then we'll reset okay. the batting averages and this will be our final week of predictions going into the end of the calendar year now i just want to tell oh, the audience it. this is it oh, wow. these are the last three and, and I want uh, two things off this, okay? Number one, there's some NFL season predictions that aren't going to come off the board. We're Anything that could be NFL or playoff-related, we're going to count that for the 2019 batting average season. So if you predicted a Super Bowl winner and, over. and that's a hanging chad, we will wait until early February to, to count that. Uh, but the other thing I want to just throw to the room here is in the past, we have we have done... The, the last week of the batting average season, you have to make predictions that stick in 2019. Would you guys like to make it ironclad that all of your predictions have to come off the board in 2019? Or do you want to open up for, you know, you, you, you get to sit on the bench while the batting title race gets decided on your behalf? Quick poll of the room. In these picks? Yeah. I'm prepared to do all 2019. Yeah. I think we should do all 2019. In fact, a trio of Monday night picks from me. Wow. Okay. Uh, I also vote for all 2019 predictions. Jonathan? Yeah, I'm all 2019. All right. That's that's. All right, Rami, you got all that? Yeah, so it doesn't matter what I say, even if I disagreed. That well, is correct. Against one at this point. Okay, right. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Your opinion <laughs> Sorry, uh, does not matter here anymore. <laughs> all right. So the batting average is going into the accountability session. Uh, the listeners had a 296 average to um, Mackie, that would be me, was batting 295. Uh, Judd was batting 292. And uh, Rami was batting, uh, I believe t- I, I wrote this down wrong, but Rami was batting also in the 290 range. So we had four people and the listeners all together in a cluster here. Let's go through the carnage here, the good and the bad oh, from this last week. And uh, since he let out the first audible moan, we're going to start with Judd. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, ah. Judd, you said Dalvin Cook would play in 13 or fewer games for the Vikings this season. <clears throat> he hobbled his way there, but he's he's up to 14 games this season. And he might not play another one, but he's at 14 ah. games. But you did say the Vikings would win 10 or more games at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So you got that going for you. Jonathan. Mm-hmm. You said the Timberwolves would win at least nine of their 14 games in December. Yeah, thanks for that, guys. That is a mathematical impossibility now. You said the, you, speaking of mathematical impossibilities, you also said the Vikings would finish either third or fourth in the NFC North. And Thank that, you, Bears. And that Baker Mayfield would throw for 4,000-plus yards, 30-plus touchdowns, which I guess you know could still happen, but 8 to 12 interceptions in playoffs. Are, it's going to be tough mathematically. You also said the Browns would win the AFC North in 2019. Unfortunately. Hanging out with Danny Cunningham too much. <laughs> but you redeemed yourself by saying, Jonathan, Philip Rivers would throw, and correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't go back and look at the box score, but you said he would throw three or more interceptions. He did throw at least three interceptions yes. in that game, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah! 
And you said the Vikings would win by at least 14 over the Chargers. You also were correct in your first of, what, 20, 30 30 bowl game predictions that Buffalo would win the Bahamas Bowl today. Yes, Rami? I think Philip Rivers only threw two interceptions. There were seven turnovers. I think five of them were fumbles and only two were interceptions. I very clearly remember cheering very loudly and scaring my son when he threw his third interception. <laughs> Way to go, Dad. Okay. Father of the year. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. We get to Manny Hill. Oh, boy. Manny had a bunch of Heisman predictions. You said Justin Fields would finish second in the Heisman voting. Third, I think. He finished third by five points. Yeah. You said Dalvin Cook would get to 100 rushing yards against the Chargers. You said Jalen Hurts would win the Heisman. You said Cousins would be a pro bowler. And you also had been hanging out with Danny Cunningham and said (laughs) the 2019 Browns would win the AFC North. But you did correctly say that Joe Burrow would win the Heisman Trophy. Little little hedge there. How many guys did you have winning the Heisman there by the end? The Tanner Morgan winning the Heisman. It was like your NBA championship prediction last year. I think you had four teams winning the NBA title by the time we were all done. Uh, A couple teams winning the Stanley Cup, too. (laughs) Right, Toronto. You did. Forgot. I had an all Toronto final Raptors and uh, Maple Leafs. I told you guys the Bears would beat the Packers on Sunday. And that the Twins would sign Madison Bumgarner. But I did look into my Bears crystal ball earlier in the year. In fact, at the beginning of the year and said the Bears would miss the playoffs altogether. And that's uh, that's uh, a reality. The guest predictors, Ross Brendel, said the, the New York football giants would make the playoffs in 2019. Oof. What? And Danny said Laquan Treadwell would catch a touchdown pass for an AFC team this year. If he gets cut by the Vikings before Week 17 and signs in time and this happens, we'll definitely revisit. But Yeah, I think you're safe. <laughs> Looking unlikely. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to Rami. Rami, you were right in the thick of things going into the batting title. <laughs> end of the year race here. And then... I don't like the tone of your voice. <laughs> you, sh- you should see the look in his eye. <laughs> and then you hitched your wagon... To the Chicago Bears. <laughs> oh no! I remember this day. Not only what a did good you, day. You did say the Vikings would lose to the Chargers. I did. And then you said the Vikings and Bears would be playing for a playoff spot in Week 17. I sure did. The Bears are going to run the table the rest of the season, <laughs> and the Bears are going to the playoffs. <laughs> Your thoughts. That's unnecessary. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm. That's egregious. Yeah, those were some who's pretty a, egregious picks. Who's a twin that entered the last month of the season on the precipice of greatness and then completely just came unglued? I mean, there's been so many, right? Red you know, batting average, great batting average. <laughs> you thought to yourself, man, and then it's ooh. Uh, well, Rami, you're 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 still in mathematically, I guess. You here are the new batting averages. The listeners are out front batting three oh two. I am batting two ninety six. Judd is batting two ninety three. Rami is batting two eighty four. Manny at eighty four. Manny at two fifty eight. Did you hear that last list? <laughs> yeah, buzz it again. Jonathan at two forty eight, and the guests are batting two eleven. The slugging title. Is a little bit more of a gap. I'm slugging 676. Listeners, 646. Everybody else in the four or five hundreds. 
And these are our last three predictions each. We'll go around the room. Uh, we will actually, uh, let's start with Rami. And then we'll go Jonathan, Manny, Judd, and myself to finish out here. All right, Rami, you get the honors. you got to carry a big stick here, buddy. All right. I uh, went and saw Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker today. Don't tell me anything. And uh, Jonathan told me that he's going to see it Sunday. I'm going to... I'm going to make the dangerous assumption that I can work on the honor system with Jonathan Harrison despite what goes on during cram session and predict, for write that down, that Jonathan will cry at least three times during Star Wars Rise of Write this down. Yes. Yes. Because it's good or he's bored? No, (laughs) it's good and there are some some heart-wrenching moments, heart-wrenching moments in that movie. All right, Jonathan, can we trust you? Yeah, I will be honest about this. Okay, what constitutes yeah. Avengers? So. I'm going to go with you on this question. What constitutes a break in the crying? Right, like, right. if like, how do you know like if it's just a steady yeah. stream of tears for an hour? Is it you cried once? Like, do you have to be completely dry eyed the next time you cry? I need some the, clarification here. The, the parts of the movie where you would cry are pretty well spread apart. There's at least 20 minutes, half hour before before moments that'll that'll make you cry. So the, you you have time to recover and then rev up the tear engines again okay. and get it going. Do we right? know you that well though? I mean, they they could start with in a galaxy far, far away, and, you, ah, and then the next I time. just might. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we don't know you that well. You know, um, okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, over to Jonathan Harrison. Uh, my first one, the Rams will lose to the 49ers on Saturday. Well, that would make, the things, Vikings a playoffs. make things very interesting. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Over to Manny. The Timberwolves losing streak will come to an end this weekend. Who are the, who are the opponents this weekend? Well, I'm not, I'm not hedging my bets on tonight. They're in Denver tonight, and uh, they're in Portland tomorrow night. Okay. And if they lose these two, is it up to 10? So it'd be, it'd be a 10-game uh, yeah, losing streak. at 8 right now, yeah. Boy. They got Golden, they're at Golden State on Monday. Like, That'll be a pillow fight. But you're, yeah. saying, but you're saying before Monday? <laughs> right, I'm saying before Monday. So these it'd next be, two it'd games. be easy yeah. to predict them to beat Golden State. Right, the Denver, are terrible. You're saying yeah. Denver, Portland. Okay. Yeah. All right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Yeah. Over to Judd Zolgat here. <laughs> Mike Boone will have at least one rushing touchdown on Monday night. God dang it. Mike Boone will rush for a touchdown. Skull Vikings. Okay. Okay, I had the same prediction. I'm going to amend it to this. Write this down. Write this down. Mike Boone will score at least a touchdown. You said rushing touchdown. I did say rushing. I'm going to say okay. Mike Boone will score at least a touchdown in the game on Monday night. Okay. He looked pretty good last week. Pretty good. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Rami, back to you. C.J. Ham will score a touchdown Monday night against the Green Bay Packers. I feel like Rami's going for slugging and not batting average here in his last predictions. I like it. <laughs> Three right, times is a lot. And Jonathan will cry say. at least twice after yeah. CJ Ham scores that touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Will Jonathan shed a, shed a tear for a fullback touchdown? Uh, Matthew Collar and Alex Goodwill. <laughs> That's a lot of tears. Three during one movie? Three Write this down. Three, three separate times. It's only two and a half hours. It's not three hours like I Avengers know. was. I know. Speaking of Star Wars, Star Wars will make $1 billion globally by next Friday. Write this down. Oh, I like what you did there. Interesting. Okay. okay. Who's tracking that, by the way? Is there like, st- like, like stories will come out? Deadline, and I think. Just want to make sure that there's that we have closure on this yeah. by next Friday. I'll you said by that. next Friday. By next Friday. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Back to Manny. The Minnesota Vikings will get the five seed in the NFC. Okay. 
Write that down. A couple different paths to the five seed mm-hmm. in the NFC. A lot of things have to happen. Judd Zolgad. Kirk Cousins will throw at least two touchdown passes on Monday night. Hmm. So Vikings, I got the Vikings Judd and I are like 21 points. Judd right and I now. have the same playbook this week for Write That Down. It's a really good playbook. <laughs> All right. I don't know if it's Write right this or not. down. So what's your official one? Your Kirk Cousins He'll will pass for at least two touchdowns. At least two. So if it's more than two, I'm, I'm not going to put myself on two. We'll throw for at least two touchdowns. All right. Write this down. Kirk Cousins will throw for a higher completion percentage than Aaron Rodgers will on Monday night. Kirk Cousins will be essentially more accurate and precise than Aaron Rodgers will be with a higher completion percentage in their game on Monday night. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. This is our final <laughs> prediction each for the season here. So much pressure. All right? I feel like there's a pressure. There's some tension in the air right oh, there now. there is. This is great. There is. Very nerve-wracking. All right, Rami. Go ahead. I already, I already won Rookie of the Year, so I'm not too worried about it. I will go with... Um, You're the only one in that competition. <laughs> exactly, Jonathan. Um, Kirk Cousins will have a higher total QBR than Aaron Rodgers in Monday night's game. All right. Okay. Do we need to, do we need to, to have a clarification on what we've actually, talked about yesterday? Actually, we do. Is it, we're using the same QBR that Jonathan... So there's... This is gonna. This guy I, I apologize. I apologize in advance for what I'm about to say. This is so in oh, the weeds. No. There is raw QBR, mm-hmm. and then there's like some other kind of QBR. Total QBR. Total QBR. Yeah. So we're, whatever Jonathan uses in the quarterback cesspool challenge, we're going to use for this. Is that fair? Total QBR. Yes. Total QBR. All right. Right. Just yeah. Just that's so what no I was under the impression we were using for. Yes, QB we are. Uh, there's different QBR. QBR. Right. There's modified QBR. The box score has different QBR. than what Jonathan no. has in the spreadsheet. <laughs> we found that out yesterday. Oh, Write God. this down. So there, it's total QBR. QB cesspool controversy? No. Oh, yeah, I stirred it up. He tried to. Jonathan, I've been using the same spreadsheet or the same information source all season long. I think we trust Jonathan, okay? All right, so there it is. Rami, you have, you have completed your first ever Write <laughs> That Rami Down season. Are you home now, Rami? Yeah, got home while I was talking to you guys. <laughs> the gal's okay, right? Like, she just she's laying not, in a snowbank yeah. somewhere. Yeah, did, you, you just leave her? You didn't just walk away, yeah. did you? No, I just I just left her at the bus depot. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess you could catch a ride home. <laughs> she was damaged goods at that point. <laughs> oh boy! Wow! All right, back to Jonathan. He's never coming back. Write this down. No, he's not. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I know he's only got two interceptions on the season, but he will throw at least two interceptions on Monday night. What? He's going to double his Whoa. total. He's doubling his total, boys. That's a guy who's got nothing to, wow. lo- nothing to lose. This guy over here. <laughs> Jonathan Harrison, nothing to lose. I'm over here trying to figure out, like, how can I bunt without, like, being too obvious? And Jonathan's nah, like, no. Nah. I'm Aaron still Rodgers. swinging for the fences. You should be. Jonathan's like, no, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw more interceptions than I've he has in the last months. Good job, Adam Dunn. <laughs> All right, back to Manny. Manny's final prediction of the year here. LSU will win the Peach Bowl by at least two possessions. Okay, so, so nine, nine nine points, nine points or and more by at least nine points. Yes. What's the what, what's Vegas saying about that game? What's the spread? I don't know what the spread When's the Peach is. Bowl? Uh, the twenty eighth. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. Back to Judd. All right, I might as well stick on the same track. I might as well go for broke now. Set it up. The Vikings will beat the Packers on Monday night. There it is. The Vikings are going to beat the Packers on Monday night. They don't need no no stinking Rams Niners game. They're going to get in the playoffs by themselves. All right, write that down. The spread right for down. the Peach Bowl is thir- LSU thirteen. By the way, okay, <laughs> fair enough. 
Um, all right. So, well, since I have a three-point lead on Judd Zolgad in the batting average race, I'm going to continue this uh, similar trend and say, you, write this down. This is terrible. Write this down. Uh, the Vikings will beat the Packers by four points or more on Monday night. So I'll, I'll up it a little bit. I'll say that they so, win the game by four points or more. So I'm rooting for a two-point Viking victory. Yep. But that's your margin right there. Okay. So there it is. That is the completion of our 2019 Write That I, Down predictions. I can predictions. feel attention here. Yeah, everyone's kind of... Uh, they're, they're guarded. Yeah. By the way, we had a couple listener predictions, and we'll, we'll keep listener predictions open here uh, throughout the next few days. If you want to tweet them at me, at Phil Mackey or uh, at Score North. Uh, JD predicted, after trading Kluber to Texas, the Indians will finish third in the AL Central below the Twins and the White Sox. I don't remember if I said that one last week or not. but that Cleveland one, will? That, uh, yes, the Cleveland will. Okay. What did I say, the Rangers? The Indians will finish third okay. below the Twins and the White Sox. Okay. All right, Rami, uh, what, what movie or TV show is next for you? I don't know. I think uh, I might throw a Christmas movie on tonight, but not sure which one yet. I've gone through a lot already. So I don't know. It's I'm a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street? No, not the old ones. Not the old people ones. So maybe here, I might do a Harold and Kumar Christmas. I started that yesterday and didn't finish it. There you go. Although my girlfriend is screaming no right now. Yep. So probably not. <laughs> also, she wasn't on, in, in a snowbank. She's back. Yeah, she made it out of the soap. Boyfriend of the year there, Rami Makloff, everybody. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, see you, buddy. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, bye. All right, there it is. That's and, write that down. And then, write this down. And then Rami went home, and what happened next? Yes. He thought his girlfriend was just <laughs> hanging out in the snowbank. As it turns out, it was Rami that put her on ice. <laughs> Little did he know she got home before he did. <laughs> And next, <laughs> Keith Morrison, Dateline NBC. Well, the question is, why? <laughs> there would be no more sports talk with Robbie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Mackie and Judd with Robbie. Because be talking to a jury. Scorn off and the Scorn off app. We brought this up with Pat a couple days ago, and let's go through it here, and then we'll wrap with Roycey at the end of the segment. But who should be the all-decade Minnesota athlete? You look at the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s, I think there's some obvious ones. Who is the 2010s Minnesota All-Decade Athlete? We'll talk about that when we come back here. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami here, back in just a second after we talk about TCL TVs and the gloriousness of picture quality, the combination of picture quality, sound quality, entertainment slash streaming options. What do we got now on our TCL TV Looks like we get uh, ESPN. Jason Garrett has not been fired yet. He's talking to the media. And uh, Dak Prescott's going to go play this weekend against the Eagles, despite a bad shoulder. So we, every time we're watching sports around here at Score North, it's on a TCL TV. We're watching the Purple on Sundays or Mondays. It's on a TCL TV. We're, uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's the wrestling fans here, like myself and Declan and Murph and... Uh, Brendan, Jonathan, like we're probably watching WWE Network in here. You can watch 5,000 plus streaming channels and 500,000 movies and TV show episodes all with the easy click of a button or two on your TCL remote control. That built-in Roku device does wonders for people looking for entertainment options. Any major local retailer in the Twin Cities or TCLUSA.com. Jonathan here with the Score North Download. Score North has already run contests for up to $50,000 in cash, and we're regularly giving away tickets to local games, gift cards to local restaurants, and much, much more. But in order to reap these rewards, you must have the Score North app. 
available for free in the Apple or Google Play stores. Aaron Rodgers talking to the media, talking about how he's never won in U.S. Bank Stadium, despite winning at the Metrodome and then at TCF Bank Stadium, saying... Yeah, I mean, it means we're due. It means we're due. Uh, we won in Minnesota over the years. You know, we won in two different stadiums, so nice to make it three. Good luck with that, Aaron Rodgers, as we head to Monday night, a key matchup between the Vikings and the Packers. You'll be able to see that on ESPN and Ventline shortly afterwards. Right here on Score North. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hold on. That Joker's counting Met Stadium? We wanted two stadiums? <laughs> Lynn Dickey was the quarterback at Met Stadium. Aaron, don't be an idiot. You wanted the Metrodome and it was with Favre, basically, right? Did Aaron, Aaron won? In, no, Aaron won games in the Metrodome. But he yeah. sure as hell, Met Stadium? He's taking credit for that? No, I think he's taking credit for TCF. Didn't he win at a at TCF once? Oh, okay. And TCF. No, he's good. not taking credit for Met Okay, Stadium. I was going to say, what the hell is <laughs> he talking about? No. Okay, if he's if he's taking TCF, what a joke! <laughs> Amazing. You haven't won at US uh, Bank Stadium, you idiot. I mean, I, I'm not anti-Packer, right? But I'm just saying, he's saying don't, it's don't time. give. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, part. I kind of hate Monday games. Like when you're waiting for the Vikings to play a Monday night game, screws up your schedule, right? Like. You anticipate all week, and then the weekend hits, and then it's like, oh, it's now we have another day on Monday to anticipate and wait. And on Friday, you can't really talk about the game. You, like, you can, sort of, but it's still not. Yeah. Sunday's not game day. No. Yeah, I'm with you. So, all right, we're going to we're gonna loop Royce in here in about 10 minutes for this, because he broached this a few days ago. But let's, uh, let's do a little digging here. Who do you think the all-decade Minnesota athlete is? If and, and who was it in previous decades? Would it have been Kirby Puckett in the eighties? No, there would have been Puckett in the probably in the nineties, right? Or KG? In yeah, the early, KG was Here, overlapping two decades. Here's the weird thing: two thousand. So, so there's one clear cut to me, obvious. Maya Moore. Yep, dominant player in her sport. What four championships? A dominant player in that league, no question about it. But. I was just going through from the Twins, Wild, Wolves, and Vikings for 2010 to 2000, through 2019, Phil, and trying to write down candidates. Slim Pickens. Twins. Yeah. Morneau or Maurer? Maurer? Maurer would be... So there's... Uh, Maurer, to me, would be more 2000 to... Yes. Agreed. The, like the 2000 decade, because he won his MVP in that yes, decade. that's what I'm saying. He won batting titles he in that decade. He played through this decade, but he wasn't anywhere near the player that he was... Previously, it ain't Morno because Morno only played like yeah, two or right. three years in the in the 2010s. Name me another twin. Let's okay. Let's let's start. Let's do that exercise. Let's start with the twins. Yes, from 2010 to now. So who you would, win, who would have been their their player of the decade? So you win a division in 2010. You're really good that year. You fall off the table in 2011, and then you're randomly okay a couple times, and that's it. So the candidates would be Brian Dozier. I mean, he hit a bunch of home runs. Yeah. Glenn Perkins went to three All-Star games. Yeah. Was a lights-out closer, but for bad teams. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Of, not very much here. Twins-wise, I mean, like not Eddie very, Rosario? No, I can't go there. Dozier, okay, I can go there. Perkins, I can probably go there, but I'm still not jumping up and down saying, yeah, that's right. Who's the best starting pitcher of this decade for the Twins? No less. Go, no question. Correa, maybe? I don't know. There's... It's either Irvin Santana or like Carl Pavano yeah. or Scott Baker, right? 
This it's one of those guys. Wait, did Scott Baker? Did Scott Baker make? How, how long did Baker pitch till? Oh, probably 2012 or something. I'd say Irvin Santana. Urban Santana's the pitcher of the decade. Yeah. So no. So your answer is no. So it doesn't. But but if we're doing the men's professional sports that we that we follow in this town, what I'm saying is I think the Twins just aren't in it. They're not. uh, They're not going to provide you the person. No, they're not. So all due respect to uh, our favorite ball club, but. They're yeah. not going to make it. Okay, let's move on to the wild. So Parisian Suter yes. are the obvious two, right? And I would say it's, and I would personally say it's Zach. I would too. But I'm not, but when we come back to, okay, is he the athlete of the decade? Yeah. I'm just saying I would personally say it's Zach for the wild. And there's nobody else that we're missing. Those are the two guys. They've, they were around for what, seven years of the decade, 2012, right? 2012, they got here and they attached their wagon to them. And Suter might be, uh, there, there certainly might be an argument for him, but I would personally say Zach. Okay. All right, um, Timberwolves, Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, Carl Anthony Towns, probably Carl Anthony Towns. Probably Carl Anthony Towns, but is there enough of, body of, uh, body of work there? Actually, it's Kevin Love. Love was around longer. Okay. I think. I'm letting you pick the Wolves one. It's either Love or Cat, because it's not Wiggins. No. Nope. It's not Rubio. It's not Ricky, because he didn't. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, yeah I'm with you. it's Kevin Love. Yeah. <laughs> What a decade. I know. That's Off to a great start here. This, this is great. This has been fantastic. Because these, these essentially are our this finalists. This cheers me up. Actually, you know what? Just to make this an official process, let's pick one for the Twins as a finalist here. Brian Dozier? Okay, Dozier. It's probably Dozier. It's got to be Dozier. Okay. I mean, it should have been Mauer, but it can't be because you're, no, he you're was, right. It'd be the previous decade. He was hurt. Most I get of that the, he played for the majority yeah, of the decade, but he just be. he was. Let's yeah. pick Dozier. He let's was, say Dozier, Parisi, and Love, you said? Okay. Not Cat. Okay. Maya Moore? Yeah. All right, can I just, I, I know Maya Moore is the easy, obvious one, but I feel like Simone Augustus and Lindsey Whalen deserve some footing in this conversation because Maya Moore was the splashy scorer, but could you make a case that Simone Augustus has been with the franchise longer throughout the decade, was every bit as impactful early on in that decade? Do they win the championships they won without Maya Moore? Because my sense was she was the difference maker. She was the okay. generational talent. You might be able to say that exact thing about a couple. Like, would they have won all of them without Waylon? Or, but okay. But I think I Maya wanted, Moore was the. Jo- I think she was the Jordan. So Maya Moore, okay, she's a finalist. Vikings, again. I mean, no quarterback, right? <sighs> Who are the quarterbacks in the decade? Favre in two thousand ten. Yeah, you had Pond- Ponder. Donovan McNabb, Ponder, Ooh, Josh Freeman, Matt Castle, Freeman. Josh, yeah. Freeman. <laughs> I mean, it's probably it probably is Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, Met Stadium. Yeah. Met so Stadium. Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. Yes, I've got them Adrian Peterson in the decade rushed for two thousand yards. Yeah, that's true. There's also some defensive players you might put on this list. Xavier Rhodes in his prime for that time period definitely could Harrison make the Smith. list. Harrison Smith, Everson yep. Griffin. Yeah. I know he's young. Yep. Does Daniel Hunter get on that list? He's been around for half of the decade. He has 50 sacks. I would probably put Everson Griffin as a longer, more impactful player. Where does Adrian fall? That's a good one. I didn't think of it, but I should have. Where does he fall on that? Because he did have the huge... He had the 2,000-yard season in 2012. Boy. He might be it. It's interesting, man. Who are the defensive candidates? This is a tougher one. So Harrison Smith, Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes. Is there anyone from... Harrison Smith leads that list. Yeah, probably. So basically, Harrison Smith or Adrian Peterson 
as Viking of the Decade. And Peterson had the 2012, and by he led the league again in rushing in 15, right? And then 16 was the debacle, and he was gone in 17. So basically half the, decade, half the and decade, decade, and he had an amazing run there. 2,000 yards season, yes. Boy. I don't know, man. I just feel like, but he had, there was turmoil. He had a couple mm-hmm. terrible, he basically had two really good seasons. Harrison Smith three. was drafted 2011 or 12? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Harrison, Harrison I'm gonna go Harrison Smith I'm comfortable with that okay 2012 okay yeah, yeah. Or 2000 yeah 2012 I'm comfortable with that Boy, he's been yeah, for that Harrison long Smith. okay Harrison Smith uh, are are there any I mean should we include like we should include Gophers players too even though there's only they're only around for four year spurts so um, well I was gonna say Eric Decker but he I think he was more last decade than this yeah. decade. So you're getting you're getting only four year spurts of all these players. I mean, go for football is there's no go for basketball player because none of them went none of them went to the NBA. Right. And go for football was mostly just a joke that whole time. Yep. And there's no high like Mitch Leidner. So are these your finalists: Parisi, Love, Dozier, Maya Moore, and Harrison Smith. Yep. I gotta say, it ain't the it ain't the most impressive list here. Well, and I think to me it's simple. It's, it's Maya. It's gotta be. Yeah. My question is. If we were to pick a male, that's where it gets difficult. So Maya Moore for sure is the best of these. I would yes. say it's Maya Moore and and I would say Zach Parisi. But think about that because at least not the Maya Wild, Moore. But think about that, but, Zach Parisi. But the Wild went to the playoffs like six different years. Here, let's bring Pat into the conversation. Don't have okay? any, the Twins thing is awful. All right, Roy. See, so we uh, we no. we flushed this out. Did you have you been listening? I listened to quite a bit of your uh, Josh Donaldson conversation. Oh. Yes. Okay, we'll get we'll get back to that. But we just flushed out Minnesota athlete of the decade, and we have a finalist from each team, each each of the five pro teams for athlete of the decade. Okay, let's go. Zach Parisi, finalist for the Wild. Kevin Love, and are you? I guess Kevin Love, finalist for the Timberwolves over Carl Anthony Towns, just longevity. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Garnett only was here six years old. You could no wait. What am I thinking? He's of? gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So love. I mean, I'm not going to die on the Love Hill if love, you want to put love. the cat there. When but, did Love leave? Uh, 2000, what, 15 or something? 15. Yeah, I guess so. Boy, that's a that's a that's a slow horse race. That one. <laughs> yeah, it is. But, uh, Brian Dozier. It, it, it was either Brian Dozier or Glenn Perkins for the Twins, or Joe Maurer, but he was just so mediocre. Yeah, for we, we said Brian Joe. Dozier. No, no, Twins vacant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'd give it to Perky just because I like him. What the hell? For sure. Yeah. Right. Yep. For Vikings, it was between Adrian Peterson, who had a 2,000-yard season in 2012, and Harrison Smith, who was drafted in 2012, and he's just been outstanding for eight years. I would, uh, I would take Harrison Smith. And Maya Moore. Yes, and she's the winner, by the way. Yes. Yeah, we all agree. She's the winner for the team and for the decade, isn't she? I don't think it's that close, Pat. No. Okay. She overcame poor coaching and won all those titles. It was fantastic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh boy! But that, I just slipped that in there. Yeah, I just slipped that in there good. just because of all the uh, all the accolades Cheryl does for winning with LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always say, "Yeah, okay, let's uh, let's let's check her out when Maya in play. See how things turned out." So. Yeah. Well, that well, list. She'll come back. What do you think, Maya? I don't. At this point, I don't know if she does. Somebody said that she's not. You know, she's not in her prime. You can tell that she's a, she's a couple of pounds heavy and is not 
not been working on basketball a lot, and she really, you know, she's such a super religious gal and so concerned. I guess she's, uh, I guess she's really uh, into solving the world's problems. So. Wouldn't be surprised if she's done then. Well, yeah, that's do good works can ruin a lot of teams. <laughs> that's a slogan for you. We need selfish people. We need more selfish people in athletics. Damn it. <laughs> Put yourself first. Yep. Society second. Win more championships. Hey, I got to tell you guys this. I hate the internet, man. What? I'm depressed. I was looking up some stuff that just happened to run across this. I was looking up some stuff on Antoine Winfield Sr. I just happened to run, run, run across this. General manager, this is October 2013. General manager Rick Spielman decided to spend his money elsewhere. Quarterback Josh Freeman became available through the idiocy of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Vikings won the competition to sign him. Wow. Let me guess who wrote uh, and that. And it says the money went instead to Freeman, and that's hard to argue with. <laughs> Written by me. Uh, yeah, you know what? You never want to look up that old stuff. Not, not no, by it you. was an accident. I stumbled on it. I wasn't looking at it, and I saw that. And I saw Josh Freeman, and I said, boy, I hope I ripped him. No, hell, I thought I declared Spielman to be a genius. So, uh, <laughs> you know, back in the old days, as I always say, you know, before that damn Internet, the columns were just waves on an ocean. You know, they just slapped up there, and nobody could find them. Yeah, now, unless, uh, unless somebody was painting their garage or something and had the newspaper yeah, right, you yeah, know, spread right. out. <laughs> nobody ever saw that stuff. It was wonderful. Dribble paint I like that. You know, you could always say, prove it. You wrote this. You could say, prove it. Now they can prove it. you got to get it purged, Pat. Mm -hmm. Make a phone call. I did, uh, however, the, the good news is I did run across one of my great all-time columns at the same time by accident when uh, the the uh, the Star Tribune was still looking for a columnist after Barrero quit. Yep. And I wrote, a, and all the teams in town were doing well. And I wrote a column. Nobody wants the job because all you can write is this sugary crap about all these teams. So they can't. <laughs> nobody wants to be a sports columnist in this town because two of the teams are too good. Yep. Um, Pat, anyway, I just I did just I I did a Google search just to make sure that you weren't throwing all slop in your previous columns. I did search Patrick Royce, Ricky Nolasco, just to see. And uh, you did have a column on December 19th, 2015 that said, sell any way possible on Ricky Nolasco. So. Boy, was he something, wasn't he? He wasn't on your list of possible twin uh, uh, twin of the decade, was there? What a, I have never seen a guy so, you know, just showed up to steal his money. Yep. It just was, I mean, it was not... He, you know, he did not give a damn one way or another what turned it. That at least was my perception of him, you know, that he, he just didn't care. Yep. Somehow he got poor Terry Ryan, who the ownership basically told him, spend some money, do something. We're getting sick of getting bashed. And he gave 40, 48, right? Oh, man. It might have been more than that. It might have been like, like 50, 50 something. Yeah. And, and they're still well, getting bashed, Pat. It didn't even work. No. No, that's true. I don't know. What do you guys think of Donaldson? I mean, oof. I, I, you know, I'm not scared about it. I'm not afraid of his, uh, you know, his his production. I just that was it two years ago. He hardly played a game, right? I, I just, 
you know, you, you know, a guy like that pulls something and misses two months. I guess you got to be afraid of everybody, but they better have some good medicals on him if they're going to sign him. Yeah, and and yes, based on the last three years, but he in in seven years as a major leaguer, he's played uh, he's played 155 games five times in seven years. So yeah, well, I don't think he's a guy that uh, you know he's gonna with the Rocco style. They're gonna have to come out and beg him if if they were to sign him, beg him not to play. Yeah, but uh, I'll tell you what, don't don't they almost have to keep Eddie if you sign him because you're gonna be so damn right-handed. You know, you Cruz, you got Cruz, Sano, and Donaldson hitting in the middle of the lineup. You need you need a left-handed hitter, don't you? Especially if you're gonna still bat Kepler first. Yeah, makes sense. Tyler I mean, Tyler Clippard, you like the signing? <laughs> Phil Miller, I think, said on Twitter, he said, the Twins are trying to win the 2012 World Series. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Clippard is, I, he's just a guy. I, why don't they get a lefty? If you're going to get a, you know, okay, I know you got to face three batters now this year, so it's not as not the same as it was, but uh, I don't know. He's not terrible, but uh, did they give him a major league contract? Yeah, two point seven five million. He had a two point nine ERA last year. Yeah. Struck struck out. Yeah, he was where was he? he was with the where Indians last year. Indians, okay, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, I well, I think he's fine, but you know, he's not. I, I don't know. He it's, also, Pat, he got, worth noting for you, he made three starts for the Indians last year. <laughs> Did he go in innings in each of them? <laughs> Uh-oh. Royce, you might not no. see him pitch. Got another opener. I've given up. I've lost that one. I give, I've given up. I can't boycott when they have openers now. What the hell? I might not get to watch a World Series game. So, <laughs> Absolutely, you know. might not. But, uh, yeah, it would be, uh, uh, i tell you what. They would. Uh, I'd hate to be a left-handed pitcher facing this collection if uh, if they get Donaldson. I mean, Josh Donaldson. I know some people are looking at his age, thirty-four, but he's the type of just hitting psychotic freak that would oh, yeah, probably he's mash. And he's going to be Nelson Cruz, and he'll just be a DH yeah. in like three. Or four I years. think he's you know his, he's so intense, his head's going to explode. People will love him. I think he's a. <laughs> I think it'll it'll be it'll be. Uh, Kind of interesting how he would play off Cruz, who's, you know, until he gets to the batter's box, is the calmest guy you're ever going to find. And Donaldson is sitting in front of his locker and grinding bats and stuff. He's, is he goofy? You know, he, well, he's not goofy, but he's intense as can be. He's just one of the most intense guys. From what I can, what I've heard and watched a little bit, he just really, uh, Really, an intense guy. The, the first sit-down interview is going to have to be with our guy Glenn Perkins on the Twin Show, though. So those guys can hash out the near bench yeah, clear and brawl from a few years ago. When, when, what was that again? So Glenn was pitching, and Josh Donaldson hit a ball seven hundred feet foul oh, yes. to left field, right. crushed and, it. And Perk Perk told the story on a podcast earlier this year. Perk said something. Perk leaned in and said something like. You know, let me know when you're let me know when you when you're done watching strike two or whatever it was. Yeah, and, uh, and then he then he struck him out and, chirp, and chirped at him and okay the bench yeah. is cleared. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I think that they've uh, didn't they uh, they've ended up on, did they end up on the All Star team? Yes, together they did. They did. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, it, it, it'll be it would be interesting, but you got to be tempted to go to Washington, don't you? If everything's being equal. See, I don't. I, me personally, I would feel weird about signing with a team that just won the World Series. I, I, I if if the money but is you're, equal, you're coming in as the hero to replace Rendon, right? So that too, though. 
Can you do that? Yeah, no. What I mean, what I'm saying is that uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna uh, greet you with open arms there if you come in. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I, plus, he would just be flat out one of the most fun players to watch. He just Josh Donaldson's one of my like, Josh Donaldson's one of like six or seven hitters that I will stop what I'm doing to watch on TV. Uh, yeah, well, I agree with that. You know, it's like you know walking by the TV when Cruz is hitting. You don't keep walking; you wait and see what happens. I still, I'm still curious where the pitching is going to come from eventually. If they're going to get a starter, where it's going to come from? Yeah, you remember that Yankee game. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, well, it might have about 23 of those next year. With, uh, well, which one? With 50, the ones put, 50, played here in July or the playoff or Dominic starting? Game, the Aaron oh, Hicks yeah, yeah. That was, that was fun. Game. That was fun. Yeah, it, was it was like the wild game last night. Eight it to was five. Five oh three, but. Yeah, it was still fun. It's like my yeah. wild last night, Pat. 13 goals, eight to five. 80s hockey. Oh, God. My guy Phil Housley is the defensive, defensive <laughs> specialist for the. I talked to him a couple of days ago about Sidebar. I mean, Woog, and, uh, and uh, you know, he's their defensive. He already got fired in Buffalo. I hope he doesn't get gassed after last night, giving up eight. But uh, Dirk Cooper Ooh. has been pretty good for them, but he's terrible whenever he plays against the Wild. Plus, he got hurt last night. <laughs> it looked bad, too. I, everybody thinks he just bailed. He really? Oh, he was, well, he'd already given up what six, seven? I think he should have bailed way earlier than that. If, if he's going to uh, feign an injury, he should have bailed way before. I don't know. You're going to have to eat your words on that team. They're going to the playoffs, and they might win a series. I will uh, lay down a significant bet with you about that. <laughs> I'd be happy to you, make that bet. You have a hard time. Uh, you have a hard time admitting that you might have screwed something up, don't you? Unlike me, who just, <laughs> just, just revealed a screw-up from five years ago. Let me tell you something, sir. Wanting <laughs> Josh, Josh Freeman, who a day later was hitting people in the stands with the yeah. football. Hey, look at it at the time. Yeah. Amazing. Was New York, right? Wasn't it yeah. in New York? Giants game. But he damn near killed four spectators. Oh, yeah. All right, Pat, have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday, all right? Okay, goodbye. All right, let's wrap it with Royce. I have no problems admitting when I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. People say I have a hard time admitting it. Mackie and Jeb with Rami Podcastable, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth app.